Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, we got Ben Burgess here. And we were just talking about, we're on a Zoom here, and Buck the Killer is your Zoom name. <laughs> so can you, can you tell the fans a little bit about that story? Because that sounded really interesting. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, you've seen that video where that guy's like, man, I'm just doing hood rat shit with my hood rat friends. Like, you know, we used to think we were cool and do a bunch of dumb shit when we were young. Uh, ended up in an old man's backyard. He didn't like us very much, so uh, he fired off his... He fired his shotgun off in the air, right? But we wanted to say it was at us. Uh, and so I didn't get hit with nothing, but they thought they heard the fence get hit. So they called me Buck Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, man, uh, with uh, with uh, enough air in my lungs to sing about it. Where are you, uh, where are you at right now? And Are, man, are you in Tennessee or Texas? Or? I'm near a wheat field in Virginia. Uh, I just pulled oh. off to talk to y'all. I'm headed to uh, somewhere to go play with uh, Warren Ziders. Can't remember the name of the town. Charlottesville. Okay. College town. Does that? Yeah, does right. That, that sounds right. I think that's yeah, where Grady's yeah. from, Wes, isn't it? Yeah, that's where uh, Grady Smith is from, I believe. Oh, shit. <laughs> the YouTube. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So I just pulled over. I think I'm in front of a fire, a firehouse right now. My old man was a fireman, so anytime I see a firehouse, man, I'll pull up so I can talk to some firemen if they want to holler at me. I love it. I live across the street from one in Chicago, and. They always are just like chilling in the in the front, like playing football and stuff. And people come by with their dogs and and just I don't know. It's, it seems like a fun uh, job aside from the whole like have to fighting fires and risking your life shit. But like, it seems like yeah. nice. They're all just hanging out, cooking and grilling. The so I used to live in Chicago um, with Wes at times as roommate as roommates, and then over the years, you know, we lived all over the place. But in Chicago, if you've been to a Cubs game, there's a fire station right outside of the bleachers and those guys have it best because they the girls just want to like come by <laughs> and they're just like and i feel like most of their calls are going to be for like drunk related things yeah. right so that would they send the fire truck drunk girl got her head stuck in a fence or some shit like that. yeah <laughs> gotta, like, it's usually not <laughs> it's usually not like hopefully not like actual danger but uh no, that's that's cool to hear, dude. I've been listening to your album. I got a, I got myself a new truck, so I've been excited to just drive it. And your album has been playing on repeat for a while here. And Jeez. man, it's you have a very very unique way of. Some songs are like I'm like, man, this is Texas country music or more traditional. And then you'll do something that sounds maybe a little like Morgan or or or, or whatever. And um, is that just always how you? kind of approach the your sound it's like it seems super authentic but it's very kind of um i don't want to say all over the place but it's it's very unique in, in that regards in a good way shit i appreciate that man i mean as a as a creator you know y'all know you know y'all creating a brand y'all want to do something that's you know 
we're reinventing the wheel, but like the wheel fucking works. You know, it's like a square wheel is not going to get you down the fucking highway. So you got to make it your own. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as a creator, that's what I'm trying to do. So for you to say that, man, that, that just means we're, we're hitting some of the marks, uh, that mm-hmm. we want, you know, we want to be able to, to say it, uh, you know, everything's kind of been said, the chords have all been played before, but you know, we're really focusing on saying something unique and honest, you know, a lot of our policy when we're writing is like, yeah, that might be a cool title, but like, what, what are you going through right now? So, you know, the, a lot of the songs that we ended up cutting were, you know, true. They're all true stories and um, they all really rung true and felt like, shit, we got to put this out because we've never heard it that way or because it said that. So I'm, I'm glad you said that, man. We're trying to, you know, not copy too much and just be old school or new school, but somewhere in the middle. Speaking of songs being true i started taking notes before we started and i had this in mind and then i looked at a bunch of the fan questions that came through and a lot of them had the same question and it was is started a band a true story and if so which i think it is based on what you just said (laughs) who was the artist that stole the girl oh shit i can't say it man i can't say it because it's gonna date me (laughs) we'll have to tell you you after we i'll I'll tell you boys when this is over okay 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 Uh, but no, I went down in Austin, Texas, man, a long time ago. Um, shit, probably 2008, nine. So uh, there was an artist back then that was pretty funky, man. And uh, he pulled up and uh, my lady at the time had actually pulled me into the show and, and was talking with him on fucking MySpace, I think it was back in the day. And was like, yeah, he really likes you and wants to... Uh, and wants you to come on the bus and, uh, and rap to him and all this stuff. And we hung out for a little bit and then they disappeared. And, um, I got blackout drunk and, uh, my buddies reminded me of it the next day. They, they actually got the real story, uh, about what went down after that. I think it got pretty dark, but, um, we got a really good song about it, man. I, my buddy, <laughs> I love uh, Chris LaCourt had the track pulled up and I was like, I got the, I got the song for this, man. I got the title. Started a band, baby. God. It's definitely uh, better than uh, the Keith Urban one. Keith Urban and Brad Paisley started. <laughs> it's definitely a better song than that. No, you don't got it. Yours has that a little that hard more, to beat, though. <laughs> nah, I mean, I did one like. Question I'm, real quick, Wes. One question I started asking people that nobody's going to answer. One day somebody will. Who's your favorite? Or your closest friend that makes music whose music you hate the most? Will you ever? Will you, <laughs> do you ever? Do you have a friend that like is in this business with you, making music, and you guys bust each other's balls about I don't like your music? Is, is that a thing, or does everybody pretend to like everything? Because what we notice in Nashville is everybody kind of pretends to like everything. <laughs> hey, y'all are asking the tough questions, man. Uh, no, it's, I, 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 I don't expect anybody to answer this one anytime soon. Well, it's just okay, like anything I, I, I'll answer. I'll answer it right now because we're very close and we've actually had some success before together, but Mr. Good Time, Nico fucking Moon. All right. Now, my only beef with him is that all he does are happy songs. And I said, Nico, just because you got some nice teeth, man, don't mean you got a smile on fucking song. So. so true. What happened to that Instagram? I went for, uh, far enough back. I was like, oh, you were doing that before. Like the whole like it was, it's just like, whoa, like, <laughs> it's just like in your face. Like, look at my yeah. teeth. Like, that yeah. used to not be the thing, you know? 
I know. Um, but I, I'm his, with you on that. Like, if everything's always happy, it's. Yeah, I mean, he's got that song, like, no sad songs. And it's like, just sad songs make me happy, man. That's our motto over here. <laughs> yeah, we have a bunch of the sad songs happy thing over here. Um, sorry, Wes, you were going to ask something before. I was going to say, like, a guy that I like personally, met a handful of times. We've had him in the office twice, is Walker Hayes. Don't like his music at all. Sorry, buddy, <laughs> but <laughs> great guy, you know, like nice dude, good family man. Like, there's I, a that's just like the part of the business that's stuff. crazy for us is like got to a point where we, you know, we grew the team and had like, you know, success and whatever. And it's like you just meet everybody and it's impossible not to let the human element kind of affect things where it's like, like, well, maybe we don't like the song, but we're like, man, this this dude was so nice and such a good dude. And Hey, I wish him the best, but type of thing. But like, you know, it happens a lot, but then you also meet the phony people, which you seem like our favorite people are the authentic ones. And we can already tell, you know, you're, you're not um, a phony in any way, but there are a lot of those. Right. And when you started starting out, you know, getting some traction, you know, the label and the songs and you were, I mean, you have some crazy history writing songs like, what was it? Lil Wayne, I saw and some Martin Garrix um, tunes, all kinds of crazy stuff. So when you started kind of going on that up and up, is that hard to navigate? You know, who's it? Who has my best interest? Who's a phony fuck? Who's this? Who's that? That, That's, that's, you know, that's the chess, the chessboard in this whole game, you know, is, is find your team. And, And honestly, that's why it took me so long to put out an artist project is because, you know, I got screwed over, in my first publishing deal, um, when I moved to LA, they put me in it and basically they had a clause in there to where I couldn't get out of it until I had a certain number of cuts on a major label. Right. But I had to have a certain percentage of, you know, cuts, right. Cause when, like, if we were all writing a song, we'd have thirds mm-hmm. of a song. So they wanted me to have something like 400% of my own publishing released on a major artist on a major label in one year to be able to go into my next deal and get another round of rent. And once I got to LA, I'd write a song 50, 50, me and a producer or three of us. And I'd have 33%. And then by the end of it, once they got another producer, two other writers, the artist, I have like 10 fucking people on it. (laughs) 8% 8% of a fucking song. I'm like, how am I going to get into this next Thomas thing? Red have a song with like 17 people on it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he sampled that war song. And I think that anytime you sample something, doesn't that pull in like 10 of them? <laughs> like, so you can, your piece can become diluted. And, um, you know, it, it fucked with me, man. It, it messed with my head. And, you know, as a creative, like, you know, we're all sensitive, man. And, and it can, and then when you are, fucked off on something for lack of better words you know you it shows in your art and your creativity and, and your output oh, yeah. and so appreciate the um, choir you know it took me a while to rebound from that and um and to find my own team and and that just happened to be big loud man and you know i got to get in with you know guys like morgan wallen and hardy and Ernest, like in the beginning of their careers and um you know, and to build with Joey and Seth and Craig over there, like they were my guys before we ever dreamed of any of this stuff. So, um, you know, having that team is, is really everything, man. 
how did you kind of get started coming from Dallas, right? And then you kind of did a little of the Sixth Street stuff in Austin, and then you end up in LA. Like, what is that? What was kind of the thought, and how did that whole journey kind of take shape? Because it not a lot of I don't, man. For the most part, most people don't try the LA thing and then end up in Nashville and have success at it. Um, so kind of how did that all come to come to be? They don't, you know, uh, it was my best friend. I grew up with man, Colin Roberts. I call him Robbie, AKA Cadillac. Shout out to Robbie. I fucking love you, man. You changed my life, but he was, uh, he went to school at a company called media tech, I think out of Arlen studios in Austin. And that's where, Fucking Sublime recorded Sublime. Uh, I think Bradley OD'd on that carpet in there. Um, Stevie Ray wow. recorded there um, and all this. And he goes, hey, man, I'm going to school. I'm getting 83 hours of recording time in a major studio. You should come out and record your songs that you write. I said, oh, man, I don't know. I'm about to start a moving company. And, like, you know, my girl at the time, I'm like, we're going to move in and we're going to have some babies. I'm just going to flip houses and – um, I'd probably even be, uh, I'd probably have more money actually, if I would have stayed there now, <laughs> on fucking crazy. Like houses were like $40,000, right. $100,000. Now they're like 400. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving there and writing songs and, um, they were fucking terrible and nobody liked them. And so we ended up just doing cover songs, but I started writing, um, with a producer out there named Sean McCarthy, shout out to Max star. And he had beats and, I started writing over those and um, that's what got me the Jonas Brothers cut. Um, and then that sent me to LA, which got me into the terrible deal. And, but it's making me think of this guy. Um, we called him black milk. Um, he was a black guy that had a, and I don't actually, I can't remember his real name. I think it was Will, but he was from Chicago. Um, anyways, he would like, he, for some reason he could lactate. So he would squeeze <laughs> He would squeeze this like milk out of his nipple, so we called him Black Milk. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Milk. Uh, Shout out Black Milk. Black Milk, baby. Uh, man, Wherever. this is my favorite pockets of all time. <laughs> it goes, uh, but when I moved in, because he was one of the roommates in the house I moved to when I went to LA, and he'd been in the game for a while, and he'd written with like. Um, Ah, a bunch of people. And I said, man, what's your, you know, what do you have advice for me? And he said, man, just go through every door that opens. It's like if a door fucking opens and it's for writing for a kid on Disney, go write for it. Um, and you know, that's, that's really the sauce, man. You know, don't give up. You're just perfecting the craft little by little, even if it's, you're forcing your brain to kind of, which we have to do here as a business, right? It's like, stop. No, this is not my thing. This is for this. I got to like change my brain and boom. Yeah. Find a theme or whatever. Like that's interesting. Cause I don't know. I don't know if we've talked to anybody was that had that writing kind of history where yeah. when you say like, when I look at you and hear you, every other word out of our mouth, our, our, if our mothers listen, they're always like, you guys say fuck a lot. You're, <laughs> you're saying fuck a lot. Right. And it's like, Oh, I got a cup for the Jonas Brothers. It's just like, oh, would not expect that if you didn't know anything, right, on its surface. So, I mean, yeah. How did the... don't you think a lot of the songwriters are like? Did it get to a phase in Nashville where it became? I don't want to say like 
formulaic or too easy where it was just like what was really standing out it was like everybody was kind of trying to do the same thing this is not so much right now but like three four five six years ago um i, I don't know how how do you stand out on that you make an amazing ballad about murder like hardy and laney wilson just did five years ago that shit ain't getting played no you know so I mean, you got to just kind of stay with your stay with your kind of gut, right? And what you do, yeah. Well. You know, part of part of going through different doors and going through your own thing is you figure out eventually, like what fuels your fire. Obviously, you got to pay bills, so you, it's like this hybrid mix of like, what do people like? What's true to you and unique, and then what can pay the bills and um, and what people are going to consume. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of, um, you know, door guys in Nashville that you got to get through to, to get something going. And if you can get it to their standard and, and push it forward. And I think where I've found success and I think some of the boys have, um, and ladies too, you know, um, Haley Witters is, is doing it yeah, her way, love her, yeah. love her. doing her songs and like, it's unique and it's working is she's figuring out what really matters to her and, and what she can bring to the game that's her, you know, so that we're not just writing songs for Florida, Georgia, and for, you know, Luke, Brian, and Blake, man. It's like you can only do so much when you're writing for them and you're holding so much originality back, you know, that uh, those people are hard to fucking relate to, man. They're fucking superstars. And I mean, Blake Shelley has a house in Malibu. Like, come on. <laughs> dude. I- you know, he came a long way from Oklahoma, man. And, and along that way, I think he became really unrelatable. And so writing for him, we have to hold back a lot. And it turns into a PG-13 movie, you know, when it should be rated R, man, because that's real life. Well said. Yeah. that's. A, I've never heard it really expressed that way, but I feel like that's Very well said. Pretty, pretty articulate. When Have you gone into a write ever where you're kind of like, have immediately hit it off with someone that you didn't necessarily know before. Cause like sometimes you just show up in Nashville for people who don't know, there's like, you know, you're a songwriter. You're like, Hey, you're writing with your publishing companies. Like, Hey, you're writing with so-and-so today. And you just got to like somehow fucking make magic happen with two strangers in a room. And have you ever had a moment where you're like, like my worst nightmare, by holy shit. Like this is that cause then it's like 10 in the morning. It's not like you can like start cracking beers and stuff. (laughs) Like, um, Or maybe you do. Maybe, yeah, maybe you do. I don't know. Sometimes you do. You know, I was just telling somebody, I went to the NWP, the National Publishing uh, thing yesterday, and a lot of songwriters were there celebrating, like, gold, platinum, multi-platinum songs. Um, And so I got to see some of my old friends, and I ran into uh, Ben Hayslip, who's part of the Peach Pickers, um, and I saw Chase McGill there. And they were one of my first sessions in town. I'd never fucking met them. We sat down. And a lot of times I tell people this, I'm like, either I'm going to knock it out of the park with you the first day. And that'll probably be the best song we ever write together. Because for some reason, I got this shit where if I'm in with somebody I don't know, I'm like, I'm going to show the fuck up and show the fuck out and, and turn up. And we wrote a song called Small Town After All. Um, and, uh, I think Rodney, Rodney Akins is about to actually put it out. I think he just went in and cut it. 
uh, and is about to put it out. So we were all together celebrating and we were like, dude, that was our first session. So sometimes it's magic and sometimes it's not. And um, I think it forces people to be on their A game. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I was double checking a couple of your uh, fan questions, but um, we saw a few, a few uh, hangout sessions you had with our guy, Cole Wetzel is we've said it a million times. He's the hardest guy to keep up with ever. He's got a little better. Um, he's, he told us recently, he woke up from a nap at two o'clock and was drinking wine. He goes, I just need to, um, to do our three o'clock. How fun is it? How fun slash exhausting is it to be on the road or do shows with co because that guy is just full throttle. You know, I actually just recovered and I've been off the road with them for about two months. (laughs) Dude, like, you know, I've realized that I maybe can't start drinking at 11 in the morning um, and then not go to bed till 11 the next morning. Um, I lose my voice really easy. Um, And, you know, those guys have been together for like 12 years. So it's it's a family affair, man. And so every night is like, family feast and they're all sitting at the table and it's just like you know food is everywhere (laughs) everywhere it's it's a celebration and um i got caught up in it man and i got i got hurt man probably by like the fifth fifth show i was like boys i I maybe can't stay up till the sunrise with y'all um but they understood that you know they they support me and they man they really took us under their wings you know being new on the road um and obviously having a writing history with Co, you know, we were coming up with a lot of ideas and uh, I got to hear a bunch of his album before he put it out. Man, I mean, fuck. He's so, like, it's, it, like, he's true rock star, like, like Wes has said, too, on the podcast. And then, but man, like, the sweetest guy we probably ever met. And then the night, one of the nicest. So it's, it's like authenticity again, you know, it's like, we've had so many experiences within like the, the natural bubble where it didn't seem to kind of have that same authenticity and, and pose that guy that, I mean, it's just, um, I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, to your point, I, how old are you? If you don't. 37. 37. All right. I'm what am I? 33. 34. I forget. 34. 33. I start paying attention. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of all similar. Co's younger than us. Yeah. He just turned 30, right? So he's getting to that point where those hangovers. It's going to start slowing down a little bit. (laughs) Those hangovers, you can't deal with them anymore. You got to, like, look at, you got a beautiful head of hair. Like, you got to worry about that hair a little, (laughs) a little more, a little less about the hangover. (laughs) Am I losing it, mom? Am I losing it? Oh, I I started shaving. I shave my head now. Like, I I just got, the receding hairline started. Wes got good head of hair. Yeah, I think mine's. Uh, I don't know if this. On, I started don't to wonder if this in. is like. Don't rub it in. Back. <laughs> I shaved my. I had a, a kid uh, move, successful business, was fucking around so much trying to. How do I put my hair? This that the receding hairline. Like, and I go, hey, I can grow a beard. I'm just gonna shave this fucking head, and I want to try to look like X. I don't even know who the fuck I, I was looking at out there. I'm trying to think of somebody, but. And I go, I like it. 20 minutes before we started, I was upstairs shaving my head, taking a shower, got the music playing, kind of dancing around in my underwear. It's, it's beautiful. 
I've got to go set an appointment, go get my haircut. You guys got to do that shit. So, well, the thing is too, and I, and I do that. And then I put a hat on right afterward. So it's like, what's the point? Wes looks like he's trying to be a, a hockey player. Yeah. It's still a dream. At 33 years old, I'm going to walk on to the Blackhawks. I might make the team because they're that bad. Man, I, I think it's all about accepting, you know, the thing about the age and shit is just like, you know, man, we earn these gray hairs and like, I, oh, yeah, I'm I trying, got some. I'm trying to be proud of that, man, because, uh, you know, a lot of people that I talk to that are, you know, in their 40s, which I'm getting close to, man, they're like, fuck, man, I just wish I was younger. And I'm like, yeah, but we fucking worked our ass off to get here, man. And, and you can't make that shit up, you know, right. and you honestly can't take that from somebody either, man. Now, some of these young bucks that catch it like wildfire, you're like, yeah, yeah, but you haven't proved yourself. So, you know, for the OGs, man, we we've earned a lot of these gray hairs. And um, I think we should we should walk around proud no matter how the fuck we look, man. Yeah, this is from stress. <laughs> right. Me shading my head off. Growing the business. Stress, dude. Y'all got a hell of a business, man. I'm a big fan, and, and y'all are making waves. I'm excited to see where y'all go with the future, man. So I'm glad I got to sit down and chop it up. Big, yeah, big more things yeah. coming, I hope. You yeah, we're, we're going to be in Chicago, I think, for the uh, Role Models Tour, man. You got to hit me up and uh, and come in and check it out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Do you got any Colorado dates? coming? I'm in Colorado. No, I think no. Uh, I think that's You look like a Colorado guy. You look like a guy I would see – Walking down the street, smoking a joint. Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love a hike, man. Like, I love yeah. a hike. Fucking nature, dude. It's like Colorado women are beautiful, man. Uh, we, we got down in a Grand Junction. I really love that town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's probably where I'll, where I'll go when um, everything goes to shit. So, are you single? Uh, yeah, I'm single. You know how I am? <laughs> oh, she might be listening. She might listen. <laughs> I got a couple ladies, um, and they, you know, they know they're not the only ones, but uh, I got a couple ladies I'm messing with. I'm sorry, y'all should introduce yourselves uh, if you are. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm single right now. I'm, you know, honestly, boys, I'm I'm ready. I'm at a time in my life when I am ready to settle down. You're ready to decide which one of the two. Yeah, but now I'm on the road, man, and um, you know, it's. I thought I was just going to live the rest of my life writing songs for other people and sitting out, you know, in my backyard and shooting birds with a BB gun. But now I'm on the road. So, <clears throat> you know, I think it's it's changing the way my life's looking and I think it's going to change the lady I, I get in my life. So um, if there's any single ladies out there that, uh, that want to roll with a rebel who ain't going to be home all the time, holler at me. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For you, for you to actually make that transition to a recording artist and a performer, like, was that difficult or frightening or was it like kind of a lifelong dream or was you kind of just like, fuck it, I'm going to do this myself. What was kind of the approach? I mean, well, I'm my self motivation is very fucking low. Okay. I had a gym membership that <laughs> fucking money. Like I'm just, my, my self motivation is, is tough. And I feel like, I. I thrive on being around other people and working with other people. That's why I love co-writing songs and, um, and hanging with cats like y'all, man. Cause that's how we come up with ideas and we come to realizations. Um, you know, it's all three of those things, terrifying, um, fucking mind numbing and what I've always wanted to do. You know, it just, the pieces had to line up and, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of what black milk was saying. You know, you go through every door and you stay patient, stay calm. 
you know, good things come to those who wait. And uh, that's how you get something that's worth something, man. If, if it comes overnight like that, man, it's probably not worth shit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. The climb, right? That's – Yeah. Who, it, it just what, – Who wants to go viral? It's like the lottery – yeah, like the lottery winners and – they just go bankrupt within a year because they just get money. And it's like, it's not, you didn't work for the money. You just, you just got it. And it's, it's a whatever, but uh, somebody who's obviously been blowing up quite a while now, the last few years, uh, your buddy Morgan Wallen. And we got a note here that uh, you were at his first stadium show in Texas. Uh, was that last weekend? Yes, what sir. was that like? Cause that, I think didn't Ernest have to fill in for his party, the injuries they had to, um, deal with and hopefully the bus driver's doing all right but um pretty wild to see him kind of get to that point right it was mind-blowing boys uh if i'm if i'm messing up my words it's because my mind got freaking blown in texas man Forty-eight thousand people um i've been going to morgan shows man since 2015 so to i like to like kind of be down i like to be in the pit i like to be in the middle and i like to be at the nosebleeds and kind of walk around and mm-hmm. sit and sit in an empty seat and kind of just soak it up there was no sitting there was no empty seat um people were standing singing every fucking word man um you know to see how far him and the boys have come man i mean dude i think i think that's the making of a superstar in front of our eyes right now man i mean mm-hmm. that's to me, that's the next Garth Brooks. Um, I think his songs are just so good, man. They're just so good. And he only sang one of mine up there. And I'm just at this point, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm just a damn fan. And well, him and every word. I mean, him and Luke Combs, like for younger guys, like seeing what they're doing. I, I went to the Luke Combs show here at Denver uh, Broncos Stadium recently. And you're just like, damn. And then you see like a guy like Eric Church kind of just, so to speak, take Morgan under his wing a little bit after all the, the shit that went down. And I mean, yeah. you know, it's it says a lot. Cause I think some of these, uh, these older guys, um, you know, they're saying like, okay, like let's, the, let's the try to, uh, yeah. And uh, the new wave country music has those waves. Right. And you're on that, that new wave right now. And it's cool to see, right. Have you met, Eric or Morgan talked about that. Cause that's a, that's a really unique thing that I don't think anybody expected when we saw them golfing and shit, we we're just like, Whoa, what the hell? Like, where did this come from? Darius hey. Rucker was, looked like he was on an edible on the couch. hanging out with them. <laughs> dude, Rucker is a smoke dog, dude. Uh, he is a smoke dog, man. Uh, but yeah, to see Morgan, you know, get surrounded by his idols, man. I mean, you know, Chief is like his dude. You know, when I remember sit, first sitting and writing and, and talking with Morgan, I'm like, he's just talking about Chief and he's talking about Eric and like how big of an influence he is. And, you know, that's that's really what we need in this industry is for, you know, for vets and for, you know, people that have paved the way to to be the big dogs and open the wings up and, and show us how to do this because uh, – it's wild out there, man. You can get really lost in there and, you know, between the alcohol and the adrenaline, you know, the women in addiction, man, it's, it's in the music, it's really easy to get lost. And, um, you know, we talked about that on living the dream with Morgan. Um, yeah, it, it we gotta have that, man. People got to step up. And so I'm calling on the big dogs right now to step the fuck up, man, because that's what I'm trying to do. 
even as not a big dog, you know, just as a songwriter and as a new artist, man, I, I want to help the next Morgan Wallen. I want to help the next Luke Combs and Ernest. Like, I want to inspire them. I think I think that's important, man, because uh, I want to leave this place a little better than we left it, man, with some good music so that we don't have to go through uh, what we had to go through for the last, like, eight years in country music. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> who's, uh, who's, uh, who's your, like, Eric Church, you know, to Morgan's, uh, like, Eric, like who's that kind of hero for you where you're like, look up to and you're like, man, this is, it's my guy. It's my girl. This is like who I, I, I kind of idolize in this business. I mean, man, it's, I'm going to, I'm going with George straight, man. You know, living is George, man. He's really just set a standard, man. And, and been a good human. There's nobody that stopped listening to his music because he was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there just isn't. I know people that have stopped listening to Blake because of what yeah. happened Miranda, like you know people oh, that cut them in half like their fans <laughs> oh oh my like, god our po- Twitter, we'll, well, we, either article we'll post a miranda thing and then there's always it doesn't even matter what it is miranda announces a new tour cool very run-of-the-mill news for a tuesday afternoon and then fucking blake fan is in there like talking shit like that bitch <laughs> and it's like yeah, well, and then the other way yeah the other way around and then it's like blake's a scumbag fuck him and it's like yeah, it's like, and these people are just hold on to that so tight, like so. They to get a life. <laughs> well, yeah, but they in the person, you know, it's the music, but it's the person. So I think, you know, we need to have role models out there that step up. Um, and I think you, we've seen that with Church and Wallen, and like the result is incredible. Morgan is at the top of his game right now. I've never heard him sound so good. I've never heard the band sound so good. Um, you know, and I think people need to people need to do that sooner, um, you know, because with, you know, great talent comes great responsibility. Um, so I'm trying to keep that in mind as I go. So I get hit up by songwriters all the time. I try to respond to everybody and give them my two cents. Um, so whenever y'all are ready to do a Whiskey Riff uh, songwriters pan- uh, panel or something, man, I'll jump on, listen to demos with you. We could and- probably fucking, yeah, we... Wes and I have always, we've had a few artists, even just about us writing. I was like, it was like eight years plus of nine, 20,000 blogs that we've done and, and, and social media captions. And I'm like, we, we got some fucking ideas for writing, but it's yeah, like, I got my guitar right process? over here, man. <laughs> Wes plays a little guitar. We like, we let's, let's fucking do it, man. But before oh, sorry, you let you go, on, my publisher's calling. <laughs> hold on, I gotta go. <laughs> that's all Nashville, right? It's like, hey, I want to write some time. Ugh, Let's like, write oh, together, man. <laughs> Come on. All right, before we let you go, though, real quick, obviously the new album, Tears the Size of Texas, amazing stuff. Um, and then you're just touring for, what are you going to tour for, you know, through this early December, then relax the rest of the year? Or what's the plan? Yeah. Yep, December, I think, 14th is the last show with Co and with Bones Owen. Um, we're doing nice. the the NFR, the National Bull Riding, NBR, National Bull Riding in Vegas, which is going to be really nice, man. I think uh, – I tried not to cuss right there, Mom. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, that's going to be a good way to shut it down. And then uh, we're pretty much taking the rest of December and January off, and, and we're working on the next album right now. We're working on the deluxe. We're working on writing new songs. And uh, it's strange to put out a project that I've been holding on to for so long and then be like, all right, now go write new songs. Yeah. 
It is weird, right? It's like your baby almost, and you got to like move on to the next one. And then you go back and like, ah, I wish I did it differently. Like three artists have always told us that. What was that Cody Canada was when he was saying he's like listening to like old records? Oh, yeah. I mean, he basically recut his entire Soul Gravy record just to like, I wanted to redo it. He's like, it just grinded my gears for so many years. And he's just like, I wanted to go back and do it differently because I felt like forced to make it. so I can't imagine what that's like for you, but I mean, Hey man, you got a lot of fans and people were loving what, when we posted your, your music, which we will continue to do. Um, Appreciate that fellas. That means, music, man. You know, I sat with the uh, Trent Tomlinson the other day. If y'all don't know him. Oh, we know him. Yeah. Y'all know not Trent. personally, but yeah, he, uh, y'all got to holler at him, man. Uh, but he's a, you know, he's a great artist and a great songwriter and, I spoke with him the other night. We had a round together and uh oh, they're coming for me. Uh, he said, uh, you know, I said, man, uh, I'm so excited about the album. I just feel like it took forever to make. And he goes, man, but that means that you made it perfect and you ain't got no regrets about it. And he's right, man. Like I, I I'm not looking back on any of it. I, I listened to it like two times on the drive and I'm like, chef's kiss, man. I, I'm, I'm so happy with it. And I hope the fans can relate, man. I'm excited to hear what people say and when people hit me up about songs, man. It just, it inspires me to inspire other people. Love it.